0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses, and we have the do it yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Every five star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Fresh content is added weekly. Over 100 episodes already in queue. Make sure to subscribe. So what we're going to talk about today is something that is timeless. It's perennial. And for better or worse, and in many times I think worse, people just need to hear this again. And what we're going to be covering is social media rethink it. It's so important that people own their own voice online and use social media to build their list, grow their community, and have relevant conversations. But what we see too often are two major sins, as I call them, that people commit in their social media interactions, particularly with people they connect with on platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter – as part of it, the beginning of a business relationship, say somebody they met at a seminar, somebody they connected with through a webinar, somebody who was introduced to somebody, somebody they ran into inside a LinkedIn or Facebook discussion group. So they make the connection, they become friends or circle around each other or follow each other, whatever you call it. Then these entrepreneurs are going to do two terrible things. Sometimes it's one of two terrible things, but all too often I see them doing both. So what we're going to do here is we're going to disambiguate that, and then we're going to show you a better way to do it so you can own your voice, have the right conversations, and truly grow your business through social media. And there is nobody better to help us with that than Donna Cravalda of Social Sage PR. And just to tell you a little bit about Donna, she's the CEO of Social Stage PR, which is a boutique digital media agency and home of the social excuse me, the Total Social PR system. Social Stage PR has a unique social media strategy based on listening and engagement. Donna shares effective techniques to use social media, SEO, and public relations to find the right conversations online, build relationships, and turn possibilities into business opportunities. Donna's system melds marketing strategy, planning, and social tools to be heard above the noise online, and there is a lot of noise online, and open doors to quickly and easily connect with the right people at a deeper, more meaningful level connections that lead to business. And now let's get down to business by welcoming Donna to the Business Creators Radio Show. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Adam. I'm very happy to be here today. Oh, I can't wait to get into this topic. This is something <laughs> that gets me fired up, especially uh, when we have you disambiguate with these two sins are, as we discussed inside the green room. But before we do that, there's two things we got to do, as our listeners know. And the first one is, is before we dive in, we're going to take a step back and give our listeners who may not have had a chance to get to know you yet, a chance to learn more about Donna. So just tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you to where you are today. I read your official bio. Now tell us the the uh, tell us the, the the truth. <laughs> yeah,
1: the truth. Yeah.
2: Um, I worked in law firms like big giant conglomerate law firms for 25 years. Okay. Um, I was everything from a secretary when it was you know, typewriters and carbon paper to um, um, a project manager, an event coordinator, um, and I did everything along the way. And... um When my son was about four years old and getting ready to go to school, I realized this was no longer a long-term option. Um, They had me traveling all over the world and working in different time zones, and between him and work, I never slept. (laughs) And um, I realized I wouldn't be around to raise him, and I'm a single mom, and that was just not an option for me. So I started to look into what um, what was available, because I I'd never really looked for a job. I got a job in a law firm right out of high school, and I just moved from one position to another for over 25 years. And I never worked anywhere else, and I don't know if you have any experience with law firms, but it's like it's a world unto itself. And um, I... I didn't even know how to find a job, so I started to figure out what I could do that wasn't a job, and I found the virtual assistance business, and I said, well, I could do that, and I quit my very good job, and everybody thought I was absolutely out of my mind. Right, right. <laughs> um, because, you know, I was making well into the six figures with four weeks paid vacation and every, you know, every bell and whistle that comes along with um, working with a big, com- a big corporation, and... Um, I started this business, I had absolutely no idea what I would do, and one thing just led to another. I started to get clients locally, mostly through school. Um, I took part-time jobs when I needed to. I organized people's closets. I did whatever I needed to do. I was just figuring out what would work. And um, then I found social media. I started this in 2006, and about 2008, I found social media, and that was the thing. So I had a client who um, I was doing everything for her, and uh, she's a hand model, and hand models don't really do anything, so I really was doing everything for her. And she had a line of anti-aging hand care products, and she was paying a PR firm in New York City $5,000 a month to get her into magazines. And she couldn't afford to pay anymore because although they got her great media coverage, she wasn't selling anything. And she had a very um, luxurious Uh, product, it was $75 hand cream, and I took everything, I was already doing her social media, her website, her SEO, I was doing all of these things, along the way I'd learned how to do all of this stuff, and... um I started to tie in the PR piece which I didn't realize I had had tons of PR experience from my job but that was just work it wasn't PR at the time and I when I started to put these pieces together the social media the SEO and the PR things started to really happen and I started to track the hashtag dry hands in social media And I would do this at 11 o'clock at night in three different time zones. Uh And I'd find people that were complaining about their dry hands. And I'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. Your hands are dry. Try our luxurious hand cream at 20% off. And in a period of eight months, we sold $100,000 worth of hand cream with zero budget.
1: Wow. And
2: I started to think, well, maybe I got something here. (laughs) And I tried it with another client. And he got in the New York Times. And he was um, the -the behind-the-scenes chef for the Jamie Oliver Food Revolution show. He was called to the White House to be part of Michelle Obama's Let's Move camp, um, um, campaign, and I was like, huh, <laughs> something, something here works. So I went along that way for a couple of years, and about four years ago I realized that I couldn't move those clients into what I was really doing, and what I was really doing was way more valuable than what I was being compensated for, and everything was just a little uneven. So I shut down my business. I fired my clients who I loved, but I, you know, we just it wasn't going to work any longer. I was growing right. faster than they were, and I started over as Social Sage PR. And now I only offer um, this combination of SEO, social media, and PR. And SEO being content, not like a big complex SEO structure, but really, you know, identifying the right words that people will use to find you and building it into your online content. And it's been really successful. I've got a group program with close to 200 people in it. And um, I work with clients privately in all different levels from, you know, micro home-based entrepreneurs to bigger companies. And it's amazing. And I love to teach people and empower people how to own their voice online so they can really use this as a, as a, a research and business intelligence tool for everything that they do.
0: Fantastic. All right. So now I see what's going to happen here. You are going to be such a font and fire hose of knowledge here that we are going to go at the speed of light. We're going to learn so much stuff. So I'm going to tell everybody who's listening right now, get your notepad and paper out and put this on speaker or through the loudspeakers or put on your headset and go mobile or whatever you need to do while we ask this next question. Get your notepad and pen ready like I'm going to. and. Let me just lay it on the line here. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that anybody says they need to do to grow their business, except for time and money. This is a question we ask everybody who appears on the Business Creators Radio Show. What I like is not only the variety of different answers we get, but also the variety of different ways this question is interpreted. So how do time and money impact what we're gonna cover today?
2: Well, when you learn how to use social media, let let me start over again. When you approach social media from a place of listening and serving as opposed to broadcasting and pushing, it's an entirely different experience. And when you use um, tools, social media management tools, listening tools, um, research tools to help you identify the conversations that are happening online that you want to be a part of as opposed to just, you know, pushing it out there in a big way, Um, the conversations that you get into are more targeted, um, and you spend less time because you're actually talking to somebody. You can go right into these conversations as opposed to just casting a giant net and pulling back everything that comes back with the net, which isn't always what you want. (laughs) Right. Right. So that will save an enormous amount of time, and for the money part, when you can just get into these conversations with people that you want to have conversations with, um, don't lead with the sale, lead with building that relationship, but you'll quickly get to the sale because you're building a relationship. People want to do business with people that they like and trust, and when you can create that in both the online world and the offline world, you expand your possibilities for what can happen in your business.
0: That's fantastic. And what I'd like to do now is I'd like to get into this. And in the green room before we went live with this with today's episode, we were discussing two major sins that people commit on social media when it comes to building relationships In business, So let's say that we have somebody, maybe we met them at a seminar, maybe we met them on a webinar, maybe somebody introduced us. We hooked up in a discussion group on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is we discovered that there may be the possibility of a business relationship here. There's a conversation worth having. So we're now friends or connections or we're following each other or circling around each other, whatever they call that on Google Plus or whatever is going on, on your social platform of choice. There's a problem though. Uh you discover soon enough or you don't realize this maybe you are that person, in which case we're going to forgive you and we're going to show you a better way within the next 45 minutes here is you let let's say for instance it's you that's made this connection and you go to this person and we're going to look at it from the perspective of the recipient of all this. And you see that basically their entire social media conversation is one of two things, or it is both of these things. Number one, just pitch after pitch after buy my stuff over look at me, I was featured on all these major news networks to buy my stuff, to buy my stuff, to look at me in my book, to buy my stuff. Or they're spouting lots of opinions about, let's say, politics, and posting memes of Politicians with the word "idiot" stamped across their foreheads, and putting up these little status updates that attack other candidates other than the one they support, and use some word that ends in the letters "ist." And you're looking at this person, you're thinking, "Ugh." So these are, if if I think you know, we we discussed these are a couple of the sins that people commit when it comes to social media marketing. And one of the challenges that I'm going to present right now to everybody listening, and I'm going to get Donna's thoughts on this, this is going to come a little bit out of left field, but I know you can do this, and I bet you have done this a bunch of times, is let's say up until now you've been that person. And you realize that for some reason, all those political attacks and all that buy my stuff has just not translated to a full bank account. Funny how that works. Okay, other than just dramatically changing your tune, how do you turn that around? Because a lot of damage gets done that way.
2: Yeah, a lot of damage gets done that way. Uh, well, the, first, the, the very first thing is that they don't truly understand the way social media works. Right. And the very first word is social. It's about being social. So well, you need to step back and rethink it, and that's why I call this rethinking social media. Because take it back to forget about the tools, Forget about the, um, you know, that it's online. Forget about anything. How do you act when you walk into a room? If you went to a networking event, if you went to a business event, would you walk into the room like, um, you know, and have a deck of business cards and say, "Call me, call me, call me, call me, call me"? You would never do that because you'd get thrown out.
1: (laughs) You walk in.
2: I mean, this is what I do when I walk into any kind of room like that. If I don't know anybody in there, or if I just know a few people, whatever the case may be, I walk in and I check out the room. I say, okay, who do I want to talk to? Who do I not want to talk to? You know, who do I know? Who do I not know? What do I want to eat? You know, I check out the whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, I, and I just quietly walk around for a couple of minutes and figure out, you know, the lay of the land. And you need to do the same thing online. Right. Uh, because it, you shouldn't be a different person online. As you are in real life, people notice, they notice this. It's uncanny in 140 characters or less that they could figure out it's not you. And this is a, this is one of the reasons why outsourcing all of your social media to somebody else to do for you doesn't work for smaller businesses. Um, you know, some of the bigger businesses it does. Um, they have the they have the um, they have the resources to hire real experts in doing this. Um, but to just give it all to some VA that you never met um, to be your voice is really not a good business decision. There are so many things that people can help you with as far as the technical aspects and um, even writing that people can help you with with doing writing, ghostwriting, and copywriting. But you need to be in those live conversations because that's what this is. This is an opportunity to have live conversations with people you never imagined meeting.
0: See, that's the thing. When you're social the right way on social media, you get a direct line to people that otherwise... You would never get through their gatekeeper.
2: Absolutely.
0: Do you know, I mean, let's say that there's some. let's say, here's how I've done it so many times, is if there's somebody that I really want to get to know for whatever reason is, okay, this is going to sound stalkerish, but too bad because this is how it works. Yeah. Uh, you, find, <laughs> you find out what their interests are and you can just look at their social profiles. They'll give you enough clues or go to their mm-hmm. blog and see what they talk about. That'll help right. you find out where they're sort of hanging out online. Mm-hmm. Uh Depending on their privacy settings, uh, chances are, because most people don't know how to hide this, and I'm not even sure if you can completely hide it in some cases, but you can see by looking at their profiles what groups they belong to. Mm-hmm. So join those groups. Just like if you yep. there was somebody you wanted to meet and you knew they were going to be at a party and you could get invited yep. to the party, you'd go. Yep. I, and, 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 you, and you'd go and you'd go and you'd make it your business to get to know that person. We've all Absolutely. done that, both and business and personal. It's no different here.
2: And, you know, and I'm going to take that one step further. Yeah. Join that group, but don't go right in and start marketing to that person. Oh make yourself, yes. Make yourself known in the group as somebody who's 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 um, an authority in something. You know, go through that group and search for questions. If you can answer a question in a public forum, you've just labeled yourself as an authority. You are, hitting, you. you are Let hitting you.
0: on one of the key principles of a course we have here at Help My Website Sell, uh, which is called Discussion Group Game. When you join a discussion group, here's what I tell people to do, and this is so challenging for entrepreneurs, is once you get in the group, you, if they allow you to do this, uh, do it, and if they have a thread where people do this, just join the thread and do it, but post a brief message that says basically, Hey, man, thanks for letting me join the band. This is going to rock. And a special shout-out to Donna for approving my request. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people will jump in and like, and they'll say, Welcome, Adam. Nice to have you, Adam, and things like that. But then for the next week, keep quiet. Stop by the group every day. Read the discussions. Get used to what some of the hot topics of the room are. Get used to who some of the big players in the room are. Some of the norms for the conversation. And then after that first week then start jumping into existing discussion threads and adding value and not, yeah. and not, Hey, you know, that's something I do. Uh, you should contact my office and schedule a consultation and definitely yeah. not, Hey, I just happened to write a blog post on that. Here's the link. Those mm-hmm. are two things you don't do, but just get in, be helpful. And even if somebody said it better than you, you know you could uh, have said it yourself, just uh, chime in and say, right, absolutely. Donna said it better than I could have said it myself and I'd like to add. So that way you're getting in some extra value. And start doing this on a daily basis and be brilliant as much as you can. And people are gonna start looking around and saying, Who is this Donna person who's all exactly. of a sudden everywhere? I call why I don't call, I know this
2: person yet? <laughs> you might I call that I call that the head snap.
0: <laughs> yeah, you might you might even attract that person you were going after, and soon enough, if this is a group where that person actually hangs out, they'll rear their head or somebody they know will 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 show up, uh, and you'll you'll get there. It's it's amazing what you can do in terms of connecting with people. Because the funny thing about all these people you're trying to reach is. While others are beating down their virtual phone system, leaving voicemail after voicemail after voicemail and email after email after email saying, hey, I'd like to buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain for an hour.
2: Oh, don't even go to
0: the pick my brain. They're chatting with, they're chatting with you. They're cha- they'll be chatting with you on social media. So while voicemails aren't getting returned and emails aren't getting read, they're going to be chatting it up with you.
2: I went to an event yesterday, and there was um, a pitch the media panel there. Right. And there were six um, journalists on the panel, and one of the questions they were asked was, "How do you like to be contacted?" And every single one of them said they don't answer their phone. That's right. They don't know who you are. They're not picking up the phone. That's not. It's not the way people get in touch these days, and. I don't drink coffee. I don't want my brain picked. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? Um, you know what? You and I are the same way. So what we're going to agree to right now
0: is, if we're ever in the same time, well, at the same time, or we're at the same seminar or whatever, we are absolutely not having coffee. Do not even ask. I will reject <laughs> you. It's not happening. <laughs> Let me share something else too. Um, I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but the fact is, and this has been known for years, I mean, we can rewind 12, 15 years and the statistics were even true. Um, unless a phone call is scheduled or it's expected, the percentage of times or, or the average that a, a phone call that's incoming will actually be answered live is somewhere between 5 and 10%.
2: Yeah, I don't ever pick up my phone if I don't know the number and I'm not. Better expect- yet, I got more. I just don't have time for it.
0: I got more. In today's age, here in 2015, where we have all these smartphones and these Skypes and Facetimes and texts that I don't do and and other things, the chances are that if you leave a voicemail, they're not going to listen to it.
2: No, How about exact- that? That's exactly what one of the journalists said yesterday. She has just come back from maternity leave, so she was gone for quite a long time. And she said that her voicemail has been full. For at least three months, and she hasn't deleted any of the voicemails, and nobody could even leave her one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you know, the best part was she, you know, in the way she said that. I can imagine her having, you know, making, you know, giving a little, little chuckle or something because she, you know, she honestly has no reason to care. It's like, oh well, my voicemails. Big
2: yeah, deal. I mean the the over the over um, the, the big picture from you know speaking with them yesterday was that Twitter is where they find what they need
1: because that's very is, true.
2: I mean and that 's what i 've been saying for for years, but I mean, I love getting the validation because people tell me all the time their big, their big objection with Twitter is my market isn 't on twitter and i 'm like, you have no idea who 's on there right and what people say on twitter they 'll say thing on, things on Twitter that they won 't say anywhere else, and if you 're listening, most people aren 't listening, and they say it there because they think people aren 't listening, but if you 're on Twitter listening, which is really easy to do you can pick up on these conversations and show up as a solution. And when you can show up that way, when you can show up as a solution to somebody who wasn't even expecting anything, they're just trying to get something out of their head so they could move on to the next thing or go to sleep. But when you just show up like this little fairy angel, you know, with the, right. with the solution, they remember who you are. And That's even right. if they never hire you, they're going to refer you to somebody else. They're not going to forget who you were.
0: Right, right. See, This is what uh, one of my clients and one of my friends, uh, Ross Jeffries, who's the founder of Persuasion Mastery Systems and Speed Seduction, teaches in both sides of his business. But just to give you an example, on a side of his business where he teaches men how to meet women, uh, one of the key tenets of the teaching is he's not going to show you how to get that one woman interested in you. He's going to show you how to develop and own your skills so that whether or not you succeed or fail with that one woman, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't even matter, you're going to have the ability to have greater success with the next ten women you meet. Yes. Because it's about about creating a way of approaching the world and a way of dealing with people and dealing with situations that makes you much stronger as you – continue to practice, continue to own your skills. And everything that you're doing in business and in life is all about how you get yourself incrementally better. It's not about Winning that one particular situation because that one situation is just a situation, is how I would put it. Uh, and that's the same thing with social media. So let's say there is somebody you really want to meet on social media and you go through all the steps we described before, find out where they hang out and go hang out there and become the life of the party, so to speak. Uh, even if you don't meet them, what if you meet 10 other people that exactly. get you as much or even greater results, or there's somebody who wasn't even on your radar screen who is a connection that can possibly change your life. So you're not focusing on, hey, I want to meet Donna. You mean, obviously you're there because you'd like to meet Donna, but you're really there to own your skills.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, is when you just go into this with an open mind and an open heart and the opportunities that are there are astounding. And most of the time what happens is the opportunities that you do get are, it's something that you never even expected. And that's what I love because I've been doing this in this formation for about five years now, and every single day, either for me or one of my clients, or somebody that I know, somebody that I've helped, it doesn't even need to be a client. I help people all the time. Um, it, it's, it, our days don't end the way we right. expect them to because something happens, and that's such a wonderful way to live. And when yes, it people is. tell me, When people say to me, oh, I don't want to be in Twitter because my market's not in Twitter, I'm like, do you have any idea what you're shutting down? <laughs> yeah I mean, it's just endless it's endless what can happen and what, um, what i love when my clients like get past that point of being reluctant and thinking of it as something you know because there are a lot of people that are like you know 35 and above and they're like well i've I've been in business and i've never had to deal with this before and i've never had to you know use these tools and these skills and why can't i do it now and um the world has changed and you got to change with it and i really think people in that age group um like i'm 51 so i started, I started with carbon paper, like I said earlier. And, you know, when you're in that age group, you've got the old world um, sensibilities and the old world marketing skills and the, you know, business skills. And when you can marry that with the tools that are available today it's amazing because there are so many younger people that don't have the ability to look somebody in the eye and have a conversation with them and what i love to do is i love to teach people how to look people in the eye online like get to meet them get to know them shake their hands i mean make them feel like you physically met them and it's, they, they, you leave an indelible mark. They don't forget who you are, and you can't do that with ten thousand people at a time. You can do that with a handful of people at a time. And when you do that with a handful of people, that handful of people will now take you and introduce you to more people like them. And the difference of the two different strategies, there's just no comparison.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I hope our listeners are starting to see some of the theme that's going to repeat itself throughout the rest of our hour together, this whole concept of how we're going to practice and own our skills and how we're going to be social in a new way. In our, in our course on Discussion Group Game, we call it the ultimate selling without selling strategy because mm-hmm. it goes to the point where the less you sell, the more you sell. Absolutely. I mean, unless you try and sell, the more you end up gonna end up doing with your business in terms of making money, making connections, filling your bank account, getting new clients and customers. It's just it's just awesome how that works. So if you've not been, you know, properly social up until now, uh, I would say you know, really listen to what we're saying here. Now, what I'd like to do is circle back uh, to one other thing. And this is where I see a lot of the problems with social media and the reasons why some people are kind of reluctant to get involved in it. And I want to circle back to one of those two sins that people commit, uh, which is to get very opinionated about something. Let's just use political elections as an example. And they will post a bunch of stuff where they do nothing but bash the other side. And I'm going to and I'm going to put out a, a, a hypothesis here, and I want you to tell me what you think of it. Not only are they driving away potentially half their audience because they're going to because people who support that candidate or support that opinion are going to look at that person and say well, they're not, they're not people like me. I'm just not going to do business with them. Even if they don't come out and say it, subconsciously it's there. They're going to move in another direction. Not only that, but you'll also end up alienating a lot of the people who do agree with you because they're going to say, look at that spaz. Look at that person who's so close-minded. Do I really want somebody who's that opinionated and stubborn in my life? Well,
2: social media has grown up a little over the last couple of years, <laughs> and- Um, (laughs) It's an adolescence now. It's not infancy anymore. (laughs) Um, But what happens is what you post, what you like, what you share, the people you connect with, the algorithms and the social media platforms will bring you more of that. So if that's what you're engaging in, that's what you're going to see. If you just engage with the types of things, the types of people, the types of contents that you want to be connected to, the social media platforms will just bring you more of that. So just by being true to what your message is, what your um, what your goals are, you, and, and you should always have a goal. I mean, I, I really believe in doing this as organically as possible. I don't use many social ads. I use it, I, I mean, I, I really do this organically because I believe in a very small, very targeted audience. Right. Um, but... You know the more you the more you focus on who do you want to connect with, and one of the very first things that I do with my clients i 've even created a product around it because I realized that people were just not getting this. Who do you want to connect with and why? Like, who is this person? What do they do? And not just related to what you sell them or what you can potentially sell them, but what are they reading? What what are they watching? Are they watching Netflix? Are they watching cable? What is their demographic? And everything about their de- demographic. Do they have kids? How old are their kids? Do they have pets? Do they have hobbies? Where do they vacation? Where do they eat? Are they Are they vegetarians? I mean, know who they are because when you can start talking about different things, that of that fall in their interest area they're going to come to you with something totally unrelated to to what you sell and then they're just going to, they're going to just happen upon you and they're going to be like oh isn't that interesting they do that we have the same interest here and there and oh look at that i was looking for that because You know, we really are our clients, you know? I mean, we've all left jobs to do something we're passionate about. So we want to connect. We want to work. I mean, like, I know when I left my law firm job, my niche was to work with people I liked. I was like, I don't even care what they do. I just want to like them. I don't want to work with these people anymore. (laughs) So, you know, you want to gather people towards you that are people that you want to do business with, people that need your services, but people that also have... A lot of the same interests that you have and through social media you can organically gather that group of people around you just based on your interactions.
1: Yeah,
0: that's another beautiful thing about the power that social media gives you is it does when you use the tools properly it gives you the ability to shape the circle that you want to have around you. Absolutely. Just like we, many of us when we became entrepreneurs were told, when we first made the, the transition from having a job to having a business, an entrepreneurial business, and this is something one of my own mentors told me, and uh, he actually had me schedule an appointment with him one year later and call him and tell him whether it was true or not, and I did. Uh, mm-hmm. He said that within one year from today, um, all these haters and lowlifes that are causing you grief are not even going to be anywhere on your radar screen, number one. Number two, your entire circle of friends that you associate with and places you hang out will have changed. Mm -hmm. Number three, you're going to be surprised at who your real friends have been all along. And number four, a third of your family will have disowned you. (laughs) That happened to me. Yes.
2: (laughs) They're just worried that they're going to have to give you money.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I didn't really run into that. I had family that tried to give me money, and I just refused it. It's like, well, you don't
2: have a job. It's like, well, how do I not have a job? I <laughs> yeah, don't understand. Right. But, um, but, it, but it's very true. I mean, it changes your life when you when you really look at it. Um, mo- most people will look at social media as either invasive surgical procedure or getting your taxes done. But right. when you look at it as like this place where opportunity happens, Don't look at it as a cash register. It's not a cash register. It will lead to sales for sure, but it's not the actual cash register. Um, And and when you look at it as a place of opportunity, a place of connection, a place to connect, I mean, think of uh, one of the things that really got me thinking about this deeply was uh, this had to be seven or eight years ago. Um, Somebody that I knew online posted up a a post and said, tag three people that you want to meet that you never thought you would meet. And I tagged three people, and I met them. I met them all. Wow. And I was like, wow. I mean, within a day or two, I met them all. And I was blown away. I was like, whoa, from my little house. <laughs> I yeah. did that. So, like, what's the power of this? What else can you do? And I started playing with it. I started poking it to see what would happen. And, I mean, I, I have had experiences that I never imagined. I've grown a business. My son tells people that I've grown a business out of dust. And, you know, I, I, I do things that I, every single day that I just I, I never imagined I would do. And it's because I go out there fearlessly and boldly, and I just ask, what's the worst thing that happens? They say no. Or they don't respond. Who cares? <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, you know, going in to meet that one person, there's the ten other people that are waiting right there to, to connect with you. And um, just, just to be open and see where it goes is, is, is a gift. I really look at social media as a gift every single day. And what I tell my clients all the time is you need to have a plan. Everybody should have a plan. You shouldn't just do this haphazardly. But you should also have a measuring system because when you do this properly, the opportunities come and they come fast. So you have to you have, to have a, something in place to say, okay, this is what I was planning on doing and this was going to be the result that happens there. This is the opportunity that presented itself. Do I go for the opportunity or do I stick with my plan? And sometimes that opportunity is something that you can say, "Okay, this is great, but it's not great now. Maybe maybe I could see if we could do this in six months." right So you right. know just be really open to what the possibilities are, what the opportunities are, how it fits into what you're already doing. Um, don't just do it because it happens. I had a client who um, she does custom tours of Italy. And she had an opportunity to buy airtime on um, uh, on PBS for some Italian travel show, you know, to buy commercial time on there. And it was a really, really good deal. But her business wasn't ready to do that yet. She didn't have the structure in place. She didn't have anything to really sell, you know, other than her tours, which were all very highly customized. And, you know, it's not something that she could sell in mass. So, um, you know, we talked about it, and she said, you know what, I'm going to wait, because that's it's a big investment, even though it's a really good deal. It's still a big investment, and it, she wouldn't be able to recoup that investment, and it right. would just create a log, log jam in her business. But the fact that that opportunity came up once, now she's got a she's got a relationship with that person she's that's kept true. that relationship going so that is something that's going to happen she's now building out this whole training program for travel agents and you know once that is in place that's something that will be a good a good offering um, to sell through something like that um, but you know just when when these things happened I mean they found her on Twitter so it these opportunities just come up. You need to be prepared to say yes or no and be okay with saying no, because there's always another opportunity that comes up.
1: Yeah. There's
0: something I want to point out about opportunities. Um, yeah, I mean, I get opportunities laid in front of me all the time, and I say no to just about all of them for a reason. Because mm-hmm. with me, if it's not hell yes it's hell no, it's that simple. And you got to show mm-hmm. me the numbers, and you got to show me the paperwork, and there's got to be a signature on on the dotted line. I don't go on a promise or a handshake or hey, mm-hmm. we're buddies, we'll work this out. It's like, yeah, because we're buddies, we're going to work this out now. Is my is my so we can so we can man. remain buddies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's how that's how I look at it. And you said it. You couldn't have said it better yourself. The fact that this one opportunity came around means that you have positioned yourself as somebody who is approachable for that type of opportunity. Somebody else will. And else. Another, another point is uh, just because the answer is no now doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's no forever. Maybe the timing's wrong. You know, There are people that I have been friends with on social media for five years, and we've met in person, we've hung out at events, we've done all kinds of things, and we we have an intention where we want to work together, but we just haven't found the right way to do it yet. And that's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Because you yeah, know, don't have to work with somebody just because it looks good on paper or it feels right, or you guys say, yeah, man, we should do a JV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: there's, and there's many ways to frame opportunities and relationships and um, you know maybe you're presented one thing you have a conversation and something totally different comes up and works for both of you so that's why I say leading into this with an open mind and an open heart is really important
0: that's very important and uh, let me me put it to you this way if uh, somebody comes to you on social media and shows you an opportunity and if you don't take them up on it immediately, they're going to you know, basically say, well, what good are you? And they're going to disconnect from you or unfriend you or something like that. They were never Goodbye. a friend to be be- begin with. And just wait for them to get done unfriending you so you can block them.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I've also been doing this long enough now to, to recognize and to, to accept into the process that um, when one door closes another one, at least one more opens. And it's true. It's Isn't that true. Funny? I've experienced it time and time again. Um, so, you know, no is sometimes the best answer.
0: Yeah, no is sometimes no, and a lot of times no is not right now. And if this mm-hmm. is a valuable connection, this is a valuable friendship – you know mutually speaking then that's perfectly okay because uh that conversation can frequently end in okay well you know i'd like you know i'd like us to work together uh, we just have to find the right way to do it so let's so this isn't right right now but let's keep talking It's that's good i i have a lot of those right now
2: yep yep and and this this works with any group of people that you want to connect with um, you know, it could be potential clients, but most people think of their target market only as potential clients, and it's so much broader than that. Um, it could be past clients, current clients, potential clients, uh, the media, joint venture partners, events that you want to attend, events pl- event planners. Um, somebody in your industry that's an influencer in your industry. Um, and, you know, that's just the basic list. You know, every industry has different things to add on to that. But, um, you know, who are all these people and, like, how can you connect with them online? Because sometimes those sales aren't a direct sale. It's a referral or it's just being seen in in, in that world of the other person. you know, just showing up on their streams. So really think broader about who the people are that you want to connect with and what they do. Like, what is, what's the role that they play? Play in your industry.
1: Yeah, that,
0: that's very, that's extremely true. Now, um, actually, what I'd like to do is I'd like to interject here because we have a, we have a, question from a listener um, who mm-hmm. knew you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show and emailed this in advance. I'd like to just sort of change the pace here a little bit because we still have a sure. little bit of time, and I really only have one more question for you myself, and it's a doozy, so I want to end on it. So okay. what I'd like to do here in the meantime is um, you mentioned uh, this thing a little bit earlier where you participate in a post that said, tag three people you want to meet, within a day you'd met all of them. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think of the practice – where and, and again, I don't think this is meant maliciously in any way, and I don't even think it's men, meant to spamming in most cases, where somebody will post um, a really beautiful, awesome status update. I mean, it's the most friendly, social, giving type of thing in the world, and then they just tag a bunch of people.
2: Um, I think it's bet- better practice to share it. And then give, it, give attribution to the person who shared it originally, say, you know, I love this post, I loved it so much I want to share it with my community, and right. then tag them from that post um, instead of tagging it directly on, on um, the original post. Because I get
0: pulled into, or at, or people try to pull me into, because I, I just don't play with it. Where mm-hmm. they'll make some announcement, or they'll just say some really nice thing, and they'll say, "Hey, what do you think?" And then they'll tag seven people. One of them's me. And mm-hmm. no, I no, no, not
2: like that. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, I. I yeah, it, it reminds me that I need to change my Facebook settings to approve settings. All tags. Um, I just haven't done that yet. I may do it as soon as we finish this interview. Yeah. But the but the thing is, is uh, I will not like those statuses, and I will mm-hmm. not and I will not join the conversation. Um, I think there's a couple problems with those. Number one, it assumes that the person is interested in that topic to begin with. Number mm-hmm. two, it calls somebody out, and mo- many people hate being called out. That's number that's number that's number 2. Just cuz your cat is, looks cuddly doesn't mean they want to be pet right now. And uh, and number 3, number 3, what if you ta- what if in this list of people you tag cuz you're trying to get a conversation going, what if two of the people absolutely despise each other and you didn't know that? Mm-hmm. So now you have, so if one speaks, the other might have to speak, and the next thing you know, uh, there may be some misinterpretations, there may be a sidebar battle, uh, one may use his ammunition against the other, and they both feel uncomfortable. I mean, imagine if uh, you know you had somebody who uh, invited you to a party, and unbeknownst to you, there were only seven people at the party, and one of them was your absolute worst mortal enemy. What would you do?
2: I would sit there and I would smile. I would do what my mother taught me best, kill them with kindness.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, a better per, you're a better person than me. I would peace out on that one, and a lot of people would, too. So you're a better person than me on that. But, uh, yeah, you'd be smiling, killing them with kindness. and uh, mm-hmm. Wouldn't that hurt your face after a while? No. No,
2: I could do that. I could do anything for a couple of hours. Wow.
0: Um, better person but, than me. <laughs>
2: but on social media... Here's the thing about social media. Even when it's something negative and something that you don't want to be a part of, there's always a way to turn it around, and it's in the public eye. That's why social media is such a great customer service tool, because if somebody complains on social media about something, you can turn that around and address that complaint and show your level of customer service or show your level of whatever it is that you're trying to show, but you're doing it in a public space. And um, like, I'll, I'll share a story about my hand model. She was in a, um, a situation where she was being acquired by um, by a licensing company, and we were. It was around the holidays, so we had to sell the rest of the the, the inventory that we had before they took over because they were redesigning it. And we had we were having a big sale, and then there was the you know the whole licensing company. So this was a big opportunity for her. They were they were um, they were. Um, you know, watching everything that she did. And somebody found a video that she did on the Donnie Deutsch show, like, you know, showing her perfect feet and went crazy on her. There was, like, a Funny or Die video. She was being called the Crazy Bat Shit Hand Model. And there, there was a lot. I mean, we had to get the FBI involved. It was a lot of stuff. Wow. they were threatening her family. They were threatening her daughter. And we turned this around. And at the time, this, this was, like, five years ago, four years ago. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> and we turned this around. Um, and we turned it around by... Um, lots of positive comments. And what it did is it pushed it down the stream. what people were seeing with a positive comment so we literally got on the phone and we started calling everybody we knew and we were like you know just go on there and post this and post that we create we created a bunch of content and we were like we'll send you some stuff to share um because we needed i mean they were like threatening her daughter they were threatening her husband it was really bad um but we turned it around and the licensing company never (laughs) knew about it and you know we were we, we made great sales but we were able to take that like very scary experience, and turn it into an opportunity. And this happens time and again. If you start to look at brands online and how they handle their customer service, somebody will complain. This happens all the time with the airlines. Somebody will be online. And when they're online, when they're stuck at the airport, they're not on the phone calling an 800 number. They're tweeting out complaints, and somebody comes and pulls them out of line and gives them an upgrade or gives them $200 to wait for the next flight. Yep. Um, this This is happening all the time. So, you know, the negativity that can happen on social media, if it's handled properly, can turn into something positive that you never expected.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. And I hate to have to take to social media to complain about something. I mean, a company has to really tick me off before mm-hmm. I'll go there. But I have gone there a couple of times, and it wasn't yeah. aimed at an individual because I absolutely will never attack a human being online. But mm-hmm. if there's a company and they're really messing up, and I'm not doing it because I really want to smear them in the mud, I'm doing it because I want whoever handles their social media to go to their management to say, hey, we have a problem. Yeah. Exactly. And then management becomes aware that something happened in that organization that needs to be addressed because 95 out of 100, uh, when people take to social media to complain about a company or a brand, it's because of an individual that they felt was mean to them or unhelpful. Mm -hmm. That's what it is in almost every case. It's usually... One human being, and then if you really investigate this openly, and uh, if you ask that human being what happened and why they're, you know, that person saying that, that they were rude to them or whatever, um, the, the employee who was rude or unhelpful or whatever, if you really give them a chance to open up, they're going to tell you what's wrong with the organization and why they, you know, when then their recommendations for how. They could be better supported to do their job and give, give better customer service. Um, I, When I uh, get somebody on the front line with a company and I feel that they're being completely unhelpful, uh, I have learned to pause and recognize that uh, chances are they're not getting any help from management either. They've probably told management the same thing I'm telling them 20 times. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll say, this is being recorded, right? I'll say, "Yep, it's being recorded." And then I'll just go on and on about my opinions about their management and what management needs to do to support their frontline employees since the employee can't say it themselves, I'll say it for them. And I'll and I'll, yeah. and I'll, and I'll, and I'll say and I'll say, "When you're done, I want you to bookmark this recording and make sure that your supervisor and their boss's boss both see this."
2: it's it's really important it's it's um, we've got a voice now that we never had before
0: Right, uh, I mean, just I mean, before social media, I'll give you an example of something that happened to me before social media. Is I had a flight that I was taking. It was uh, it had a layover of uh, I think about an hour and a half when it was scheduled. Um, the first leg of the flight was over 45 minutes even getting off the ground, and then something happened It just took its sweet time getting to the layover point. By the time I got to the layover point, um, it was 23 minutes before the uh, the second leg took off, and the terminals were on opposite ends of a large airport. And when I say I ran from one ter- terminal to the other, I mean ran, not sprinted, not jogged, like ran, as in like your lungs are leaking out by the time you're done. Only only to get to the terminal and find the door closed and have this gate agent with his, with his chin up in the air and his smug expression saying, you're late. And I said, I'm not I'm not not late. This plane takes off in nine minutes. Well, well, you need to be here 10 minutes before this flight was here because we have a policy. We close the doors at 10 minutes till and then you're late. Like, I'm not late. Your plane was late. It's like, no, 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 no. We always close the doors and push off 10 minutes before scheduled departure. I said, really? Why don't you tell me about the first leg of my flight? And then he tried to tell me that the first leg of the flight wasn't late. Now, this was before the age of Twitter. You know what I could have done to him in the age of Twitter? <laughs> the only thing I had at my disposal was to um, was to treat him in the same snappy, arrogant tone that he treated me and barking him like a dog and get him on the phone tracking down my luggage and finding me another flight and saying things like, come on, was taking so long, just like he did to me. Now, on Twitter, I could have said uh, I could have taken a picture of him in that arrogant expression on his face, posted it and said, I wasn't late. Why is he telling me I was late? Where's my luggage? Where's my flights? And then, and then now corporate jumps in. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, then well, this guy yeah. gets called on the carpet and then uh, and then he gets a chance to say to his employers, hey, you know, they they don't give me any support here. They don't give me any help I have these customers that come to me. We have this policy. We're forced to say these lines that we know are not true. And it makes me look bad and feel bad.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be. It doesn't always have to be reporting on a negative thing either. I mean, you can shout out on a positive thing, and I I built some.
1: I do all the time. I built some
2: really, really um, great relationships. With vendors that I use, um, you know, just by being um, complimentary to them online.
0: I do that all. I do that all the time, and that's and that's yeah. and that's that's very much the way to go. Uh, you should be positive at least three times as much as you're negative. But what I think our listeners should be seeing here is the power to use your own voice to do good. And I know this took a slight little tangent, but I really wanted to get out there because I thought it was very powerful. And what I want to do is I want to circle back to our final question, a doozy, the thing that people really tuned in for. And you touched upon this earlier, actually. Um, Why do you think that small businesses can handle their own social media and PR? And what are some of the resources for them to do that when they're time-strapped?
2: Okay. So why? um, I think it's a very empowering that you could bring into your business because it's all about your voice. If you hired a PR agency, they'll build um, relationships with the media for themselves. You can build those relationships for you and your business. And once you build those relationships with the media, they'll come back to you again and again. So if you set this up the right way where you engage with the media and social media, they're going to find you. So when you, when you connect with a journalist where they find you, there's no pitching involved. Right. When somebody, They're being pitched, you know, hundreds of times a day. So oh God. Th- their, their initial response is like, who are you? Why do I need you? What do you have to say? Um, but when they find you, they've already pre-selected you. And, um, you know, many journalists now are freelancers. They go from one, um, one, one uh, media outlet to another or they right. work in different places. Um, having that one connection to one journalist can open you up to five different media outlets because they could be working in five places. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is, there's no there's no reluctance there. They're like, why didn't I know about you before? <laughs> like, get on here, <laughs> and and you want to be ready for that too. So one of the strategies is to be prepared. So have everything, know what they're going to ask for, know about their show. Um, I, again, I sat with this meet the media panel, uh, asked uh, a media panel yesterday where we could ask them questions and. I've been to 40 or 50 of these by now, and or maybe even more, I mean, over the years. And the, their biggest pet peeve is people don't know their show. So if their show is on at 10 o'clock, don't ever email them at 10 o'clock in the morning because even though they could read that email later, their first thought is going to be, oh, don't they know I'm on at 10 o'clock? I'm never, ever going to see this email at 10 o'clock. Right. Email them at noon. Um, with print media, Um Look at a magazine. Read the magazine. I have people asking me all the time, how do I get into a magazine? My first co- my first response is, have you read the magazine? No. I said, go read the magazine. Right. All of the, all of the information is there. Print media now has, um, most of them... Realize that print media isn't what, what it was, and it's a lot harder to, to put out a print publication than it is to put out an online publication. So they all have an online component. Right in the magazine, there's little snippets all over the place of, you know, you know, see us online for this. This is the editor that handles this. This is the editor that handles that. Know what section you want to be in. Know the editor that you need to connect with. And this could all happen from reading the magazine. Pitch them on what's relevant to them. Um, but the, the best strategy of all, of all is to connect with them on social media in a very friendly and engaging way and let them find you.
0: See, this is just about being aware of your environment, being aware of mm-hmm. what's the opportunities that are in front of you. And, yeah. I mean, here we are in you know the mid-2010s, uh, 2015, and so much information is available at, uh, at the simple end of your fingertips on a simple Google search. Uh, Mm -hmm. Watch the news today and notice how many reporters, you know, where it has a little bar across the screen where it says their name and everything. Notice how many of them will also display their Twitter handle.
2: Absolutely. Um, I read from one of my clients, um, I go to Barnes and & Noble, and I just sit down and I read magazines because I figure out where should they be. And I opened up Travel and Leisure, and I had not read Travel and Leisure in years. And right in the notes to the editor's page, there's a lovely note from the editor with her Instagram handle, her Twitter handle, her email address, and the next three cities she's going to visit. How valuable is that to somebody in the travel industry?
0: That is extremely valuable. And, uh, and that's
2: like page three.
0: Right. Yeah, Uh and again, I'm just going to go back to the other thing you said, which is just read the publications. Just like when you yeah. go into a discussion group on Facebook or LinkedIn, after you get approved, just sit back for about a week and just watch the room. See what some of the main issues are. See what some of the conversation threads are. See who some of the players are. See what some of the mores and the roles are. So when you do speak up, you're speaking as somebody who's seasoned and has a, and has a feel for the room and not some noob just trying to sell something.
2: Exactly. Dial it back and build these relationships in sm- either one person at a time or with small groups of people. It will grow organically that way. Right. And um, instead of throwing out that big net and, you know, you know trying to reach 10,000 people, it, it, you know, how many of those people really care about what you're doing? It, 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 when, you, when you try to build it that way, what happens is you create a wall that keeps away the people that you really need to connect with. You're absolutely and right it, about that
0: you're absolutely right about that and uh, yeah i mean when you take the net the uh, the machine gun approach is what i've also heard it called is you you're going to end up missing more targets than you hit if you rather if you take a focused approach of uh, and, and and sometimes it's as simple as finding things that people like and when you're not casting such a big net you can pay attention to that. I mean if I if I see somebody who I'm looking to get to know and I can tell that they are they cat lovers while, well, you know, speaking as one, I can relate to them. All you all you have to do with them is show up with a picture of your cat doing something cute and you got them.
2: <laughs> and it has nothing to do with your business unless you're in like the cat breeding business, right? Oh, <laughs> well, that's
0: right. That that's right. But, but but you have an you have an hours conversation getting to know each other just on uh, sharing cat stories.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and um, like I had a, I put up a post a couple of months ago, um, I had a very messy shoe closet, yeah. so I bought some organizational things, and I cleaned up my shoe closet, and I took before and after pictures, I got hundreds of comments on this, hundreds, and people, and instant messages, people send me, sending me links from Pinterest on shoes and stuff to buy. And, oh, you've got too many black shoes? I'm like, I'm from New York. Of course I've got black shoes. Right. And, um, you know, you need some red shoes. You need some blue shoes. This this was months ago. They're still sending me stuff about my shoes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my business. But I got clients that way.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Um... <laughs> That is that is fantastic. I mean, and I've done things where I've posted, you know, not like political opinions, but just things I feel strongly about, and mm-hmm. gotten conversations that have trended for days. Yeah. Just because you strike something that's on a lot of people's minds, and I'll post things all the time, and some of them are duds, and some of them are hits, but I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Right,
2: and, and you can't you can't make something go viral. No, you can't. But what, so I, what I yeah. Right. That's another thing that people right. come in and they how, how can I make this go viral? Well, you can't. You, you, you cannot just to, do that. You have to hit a chord. Nope, you can't do that. But
0: no, another thing I can't do is I can't have this interview go beyond an hour because they're going to okay. shut us off. So we are at the <laughs> top of the hour, and I want to give you 60 seconds just to tell our audience how they can connect with you and if you have anything for them.
2: Okay. Um, Yeah, you can connect with me at socialsagepr.com, and there are links on there to all of my social media sites. Please connect with me on social media. Ask me questions. I love to answer them. And there's also a free offering on my website for Social Focus, which is a three-part free video series which teaches you how to go deeper into this, like how to really build the relationships and how to figure out who, who you want to connect with and where they are online.
0: Outstanding, outstanding. Donna Kravota, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been an honor and an
1: education.
2: My pleasure.
0: All right. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, search Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and